2: is something that happens in life, it happens in sports, and I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively.
0: This is where sports talk gets real.
2: That word, playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids.
0: And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs.
2: Hello everybody, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show from our flagship station, Sports Radio, 810 WHB Kansas City. Look forward to spending the next hour with you as we talk about the mental side of sports and talk about life because, boy, are we in a weird time now. I'll tell you what. You know, I've been doing this show for 29 years and never have I seen our society in such disarray, such angst, such pain, and hopefully we'll help you get through that a little bit today by talking about some things that are that are positive, that are upbeat, You know, every week I do this show and come in with a topic regarding sports. And obviously the last three months has been a trying time because there hasn't been any sports. Sports is a relief. It's a way to escape. It's a way to get by. Uh, We all love it when we get to play, when we get to participate. But right now, I think we need sports more than ever. We have such pain in our society today. There are a lot of people who are hurting. There are a lot of people who are angry and they have every right to be. There are a lot of people who are upset. There's a lot of inequality. There's a lot of stuff going on that isn't right. For the 29 years I've been on the radio, I have tried to help people deal with life, deal with things, deal with stress, deal with angst. And hopefully this show can help you today. If you are an athlete, you play sports, you're knowing the timing now with the pandemic is that we're starting to come back. We're starting to begin to play, begin to practice, begin to, and some competitions are starting to happen. There are some youth sports tournaments starting to occur. I'm not sure if it's too early for that or not, but nonetheless, they are. We've had several shows the last few weeks talking about coming back. And today, we are going to be privileged in a few moments, I'm going to be introducing our guest. Uh, an individual I've known for a couple of years who basically has his act together and gets it more than, than pretty much anybody I've ever interviewed regarding the conditioning of athletes the and understanding the mental side, too. His name's Murphy Grant. He is the Senior Associate Athletic Director of Sports Performance, Healthcare Administrator at Wake Forest University. He's also the chair of the National Athletic Trainers Association, Intercollegiate Council for Sports Medicine. He understands what this is all about. He also has two sons who are incredible athletes, and he gets it. He understands the physical and mental together. So Murphy's gonna be joining us in a couple of moments to talk about this and we're going to take your call today if you are getting ready to come back to start training especially if you're a high school or college athlete this will be a great opportunity for you to give us a call and ask Murphy a question or me as well for that matter since I host the show if you're concerned about coming back how's it going to work how's it going to happen What's the, what's the way to do it what's going to be the best way the safest way you know right now with the protests and the the anger going on in our society, we also have this pandemic we're dealing with. And to be honest with you, one of the concerns I've got is with all the people protesting running around, we've been told to keep the social distancing going on. It's not happening now. And so you have to wonder what's going to happen with this pandemic with the infections going on. We won't know for obviously for a couple weeks here. But what we do know is that the NCAA has announced that football players and men's and women's basketball players at the collegiate level can come back on an individual basis and start practicing again. So I thought it'd be great to have Murphy on the show today to join us. So Murphy, good morning, my friend. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. Good morning to you as well, Dr. Jacobs. How are things?
2: Well, I'm good. I assume you and your family are safe. Everything's okay with you.
3: Yeah. Yes, we are actually doing well.
2: Well, that's good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. You know, it's it's obviously a trying time. You and I have known each other for a couple of years, and I respect you immensely for what you do and the way you do it. And as when I asked you to come on the show today, obviously, before all the the the, the, the riots, the protests, all this, the, the the things going on now, I wanted to get into coming back to play sports. And I want to get your opinion. and Let's focus on that. And obviously, a lot of people are going to start doing that because this week, if I'm correct, right. It, Football players and men's women basketball players can come back and start training on an individual basis. Correct?
3: Yeah, yeah. Starting uh, June one, which is tomorrow.
2: Right. So, tell tell me the the game plan that you've got. How are you going to handle this at Wake Forest? What's what's going to be the way it's going to work?
3: Well, uh, you know, you know, just even outside of uh, Wake Forest, uh, I think the way to handle it and how a lot of individuals are handling it is, you know, everyone's been working extremely hard to. Uh, put together these return to campus plans. And, you know, when you look on these college campuses and even in high school settings, there's there's a lot of people concerned about this pandemic and COVID-19. And the athletic trainers, the team physicians, you know, the healthcare professionals in all these spaces are concerned about it. And, you know, they, they are working extremely hard to put together a plan, to uh, develop a plan, to execute a plan. And once you think about it and, and what the purpose of your plan should be and how it should be executed, you know, there's, there's two basis to it, you know, and I know you and I have had this conversation, is the first goal is to minimize the risk and spread of it. Um, and the second part of it is to have a plan that if someone does test positive for COVID-19, what are you gonna do? And as we've continued to have conversations around the country, know at all different levels of sport you know that those two are the biggest things you know there there isn't any way to prevent it you know i think that the world itself has not found a way to prevent individuals from getting COVID. so we know it's going to happen at some point in time so what 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 are we going to do what are we going to put in place to like i said uh, minimize the risk of spread and what are we going to do once an individual uh, does test positive
2: well, so, we're going to... Uh,
3: it's been a lot of work.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're going to... I, I want to talk with you about that after we go to our first break here about, you know, the game plan to have ath- <clears throat> have athletes come back, how that's going to work, what's going to be the safest way, and then, and then the game plan when someone does test positive or you find out somebody's infected. Because let's face it, you've got, what, 100 football players roughly at a, on a college team, something like that, right? Right. And then you've got staff... You've got everybody else, so we're looking at probably 150 people. And you've got men's and women's basketball who are combined probably another 50 to 60 people. So that's a lot of people, and there are a lot of schools. So we're going to get into that today. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. My guest is Murphy Grant. He understands sports. He understands athletic training. And we want to hear from you if you're worried about coming back and training, how you're going to do it, how it's going to be the safest way for you. In this trying time, everyone wants to be safe. We all need to be wearing medical masks. There's a great company called United Assistance that has masks available. Their website is getgoodmasks.com. You can purchase a box of 50 masks at a discount price of $35 plus shipping if you put in the discount code radio. Once again, go to the website getgoodmasks.com, put in the discount code radio when you check out, and you'll be able to get a box of 50 masks for $35 plus shipping.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
2: I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports.
0: If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio.
5: Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov/the right seat. Show him you love him. Keep him safe. Visit nhtsa.gov/the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
6: Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do?
7: Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step. But you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org.
6: What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards?
7: Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.
2: Olivia, from Washington. <clears throat> Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery.
8: I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food.
4: Daniel, from California. California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals.
7: Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina.
1: I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on
6: water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at FeedingAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
2: Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. My guest today is Murphy Grant. He's the Senior Associate Athletic Director for Sports Performance and Healthcare Administrator at Wake Forest University. And, you know, Murphy, we, we started talking about coming back now. That's what, what's going to be going on starting tomorrow. Football players at the collegiate level, men's and women's basketball players can come back and start training on campus. So you, you said you've been talking as an administrator, not just at Wake Forest, but around the country with what's going to be the best way to do this. So, so give us a little idea of how that's going to work.
3: You know, when, when individuals began uh, talking about this plan, you know, there was the first thing, there had to be a lot of people uh, truly at the table, you know, and, and I can speak on the collegiate level, you know, everyone from um, not only the athletic department administrators, but, you know, like student health or uh, your nurses at maybe the high school level, uh, risk management, you um, Individuals, the principals, you know, the presidents and chancellors of the university, uh, there, there's a lot of people, facilities departments, you know, so even all the way down to, to, to that group uh, had to have conversations about how to get your facilities ready for the return uh, of any athletes, regardless of, uh, of the age, you know, collegiate and or high school. But then, you know, again, as we started uh, having these conversations, you know, we had to think about what's going on in the country, you know, in the state, uh, in the county, uh, and make sure that you were following and you were, you, you were in parallel with the rules and orders within your state. So that it made your plan very fluid because things continue to change. Uh, pretty much, it seemed like every seven to ten days there was something different coming out that it just kept us on our toes in preparation. But again, you know, those two things that I mentioned uh, in that previous uh, session uh, that we just talked about, you know, as long as that was still the basis of your plan, then you were good. But again, as the conversations continued to uh, evolve, the question was, you know, at least at the collegiate level was, when would they be allowed to come back?
2: So and, let me ask, so know, the
3: NCAA, go
2: ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish. I'm sorry.
3: You know, I was going to say, you know, one last comment there is, you know, yes, the NCAA said that, you know, June 1 could be that date that uh, the student-athletes could resume uh, working out and activities. On campus. On campus. But the institutions had to be okay with that as well. So there still are some schools around here that their student-athletes won't be back, you know, starting tomorrow, you know, because the institution has to uh, be that entity that opens up its doors and opens up its facilities to allow those individuals to be on campus.
2: Okay, so you're going to allow, I don't mean you at Wake Forest, but but you at your school are going to allow athletes to come back. Is there going to be testing? Are, there, are temperature checks going to be going on? I mean, are, How are people going to know that it's safe to, to compete and be in the weight room, share, you know, go from station to station in the weight room? You're going to have to clean it off after everybody's there. You're going to have to have you know, disinfectant every time you touch a weight. I mean, how's that going to work?
3: Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it's a huge process. You know, uh, institutions are doing um, individual screenings before the student athletes get back. You know, we will have all of our student athletes fill out questionnaires when they return. Um, we'll uh, you know quarantine them and isolate them once they get back. You know, I mean, at the collegiate level, you got to think these student athletes are traveling back to these campuses from all over the world. So um, from different hotspots, different parts of the country, different parts of the world. So to bring them all back, you know, it's important that you have uh, a space to be able to quarantine them once you get back. Uh, so for two
2: weeks, a, a week. week, what's going to be the quarantine time, time frame?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, right now, the current, um, you know, one, there isn't any treatment. So when you think about quarantine and, and treatment, they are pretty much similar things, you know, and that's 14 days. Uh, You know, the CDC guidelines are, you know, if if you do test positive, it's still roughly uh, 14 days, but it's, you know, 10 days, three, three additional three days of being uh, without a fever. So that is what the treatment course is currently. So you're bringing these individuals in and you want to quarantine them for nearly that exact time. But there is going to have to be some testing done uh, within that time frame as well.
2: So in other words, well, everyone, excuse me, so so when someone, well, you bring these guys back, they're going to need to be quarantined for 14 days, whether they've had any symptoms or not?
3: Yes, that, that is correct. Okay. Again, we, we, we need to minimize the risk. Uh, they'll be filling out, like, self-assessments every single day, at least our student-athletes will, that we have electronically. So while they're... Uh, in their, in their rooms, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out, and residential life is a part of that conversation, at least at the collegiate level, on do you put them in rooms by themselves?
2: Well, that was going to be my next question, yeah, what if you have a roommate? Yeah. I mean, how does that work?
3: Yeah, yeah, you know, we are looking to put all of our student-athletes, uh, again, for, at least right now, you know, once we get approval to bring them back uh, into dorm rooms by themselves, and, and we're able to potentially do that, and I think some campuses can do that right now, because there isn't any other students truly on campus. You know, I mean, the campuses are, are there isn't anyone around, you know, so the, the ability to be able to do that would be ideal at this point. Uh, but again, if that does happen, you know, they will be filled out uh, little online surveys every evening, you know, just ask them about symptoms, but we will have conversation anytime they enter our buildings, anytime. Uh, we will ask the, the, or five symptom questions and take a temperature check uh, for them to even enter the building.
2: So an athlete will come back um, to campus. They'll be, need to be quarantined for 14 days. Will they be able to be around anybody else, or are they just going to be isolated in a room by themselves?
3: Yeah, we're going to isolate them initially uh, and then put them in, you know, we're, we're talking groups of 5 to 10, you know, and we're kind of calling them their, their families. It's like you would be at home, you know, 5 to 10 individuals, and that's who you'll be with through, you know, face programs, that's what you're seeing, and that's what the NCAA has recommended. This is a phase program. So, you know, with that 5 to 10, as they go throughout the day and, uh, you know, they go and train together, they do, they eat together, that if there is an individual that begins to have symptoms, uh, and test positive, it's easier to truly contact trace when it's 5 to 10 instead of all of them back together
2: and are you, you know, going to prohibit them from leaving campus once they come back i mean how is all that going to work from us you know from a social yeah, aspect yeah. what's going to be the game well, plan for that you've got young men young women you know late teens early 20s they're social people they like to be around people they don't like being isolated um, they're on a team when you're on a team you're with people so it's going to be difficult right this right? is going to be a difficult challenge
3: it, 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 it is going to be a very difficult challenge and it has been a difficult challenge to put it together but you know again If if this is what uh, everyone's working towards you know and again if we're working towards protecting them then you know we have to also have a conversation with them about protecting themselves you know they're, they're not with us all day and you know we would love to be able to really keep Tabs on them twenty four hours a day, but it, that's truly unrealistic. realistic.
2: What kind you know, of communication that, will there be with their their parents about all this? Do you send out a, yeah, a an know, email, we, a letter, letting them know the game plan, or what? What's how do you go about doing that?
3: Yeah, yeah, there, there's many different communication tools. I know a lot of the coaches are, are having conversations with uh, both their their players and, and their parents about what's going on, and you know there may be some parents that aren't ready, you know, or um, don't have really just not ready for them to return, you know, uh, to these campuses. And, and that's okay. You know, I mean, they, they are the parent and, and, and a part of that decision. You know, we just have to make sure that, again, on our campuses, that we have those two things covered, you know, being able to minimize those, the risk of the spread and there's a plan to treat. Them. Um, and then everything else will have to I'm
2: sports psychologist Dr. Anthony Jacobs. And this is the Sports Psychology R.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
2: I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're
0: interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com/radio. That's winnersunlimited.com/radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com/radio.
1: One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you. Your football buddy. Your football buddy. Or you, your best man, your worst man. You, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihabprediabetes.org. That's doihabprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.
4: America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council.
5: Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
6: Hey dad how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do?
7: Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org.
6: What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards?
7: Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.
2: This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City hope you're getting up enjoying the day and being safe we've got a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now and you know between the pandemic and and all the social issues we have in our society today safety is so important and murphy you know when we when we talk about all this let's let's talk about mental health for a minute my guest is murphy grant he's the senior associate athletic director of sports performance wake forest university and he's one of the top athletic trainers in the country at the NCAA level and at all levels for that matter and you know Murphy obviously you know you've known me for a while and you know what I deal with and talk about all the time and mental health has been something that that I've emphasized on this show for years as so important the mental health of athletes people always look at athletes as these strong people physical physically conditioned people but they're not any different than anybody else as far as mental issues psychological issues stress anxiety relationships, things like that. What changes are you seeing at the collegiate level now in terms of dealing with this and helping athletes cope, especially at that level when you've got young men and women coming to college, you know, being on their own now, getting away from their families, um, becoming more independent, having to make decisions on their own, and dealing with the angst of of, of all that.
3: What we've seen, and, and, and I think a lot of individuals around the country have seen, just as uh, a pretty big increase in in the sessions, you know, with our uh, sports psychologists. You know, you everything happened really around the spring break time. You know, it seemed like in March, and you know, just think about all those seniors that uh, weren't able to complete their senior season, you know, of college sports or even high school sports. You know that. Uh, worked extremely hard and had these aspirations on, you know, completing a season and then everything completely changed. I mean, you didn't even return back to campus. You know, there's still some student athletes that don't even have all of their things out of their dorms, you know, so it really changed things up. um, And now they're home and they couldn't go outside. And like you said, they are a social individual, but now they are stuck inside. Walking to class has changed, you know, the, the structure of their day, training and being with their friends and eating and doing all those things were, were, I mean, were gone, you know, and, and now everyone had to go back to their place of residence where, wherever it has been in the world, you know, the international students had to leave the country. Uh, they didn't have to, but some left the country. Um, so there was so much unknown. But then they had to change their day and start taking all of their classes online and completely change the structure, but they still did not have the outlet of going to work out, going for the runs, all those things. So uh, it has been a challenge for them. Um, It's been a huge challenge for a lot of folks.
2: Well, let's start with you, okay, if we can. I mean, you are a very established individual. You're very good at what you do. You... Are now back in Lawrence, Kansas, where you live with your family. You came back, okay. How's that been for you? I mean, you have two sons who are, you know, one just graduated high school, so he lost the this, this end of his his senior year. All right, how has that been for you, as especially in terms of of your role, because you take care of a lot of people.
3: Right, you know, from the the professional side of things, you know, really it just it it cranked my everything that I do up tenfold. You know, I mean, it was planning for the student-athletes to leave, uh, trying to get this plan together, you know, and speaking to all the individuals on what's going to happen next. Um, and and that piece of me began kicking in. But at the same time, it was, okay, are we sending, you know, just some home workouts for the student-athletes? You know, we're trying to communicate with them on a regular basis. Um, and, and I believe that, you know, at least our university and athletic department did a wonderful job of that you know just making sure that they were checking in on the student-athletes very very regularly Uh, we opened up some different uh, telehealth sessions with our sports site you know in which we were allowing them to log in and just having conversations about what's going on with them giving them a a space to be able to speak Um, if they still had an opportunity and wanted to speak one-on-one you know we gave them uh, that space to do that as well so it really uh, professionally just caused me to you know go into warp speed and and put together a solid plan you know I do have my children are athletes so you know I, I get that piece you know and I want them to be taken care of so it was even I wouldn't say pressure but more of a uh, importance to me to make sure that the student-athletes that at least at my university at Wake Forest, were well taken care of. So, uh, so
2: I would want that for my kids. So I, and that's what I wanted to ask you because because you've got two roles here. You're you're the head head trainer at a university, but you're also a parent of two sons who are are very successful competitive athletes. So for you as a parent, what what are your concerns for them? I mean, one is a soccer player. One's a very very good, Taekwondo. So. And and those are sports where you make, especially Taekwondo, where you're in contact with people. So what are your concerns as a parent there?
3: Well, you know, with with, with both of them, again, just making sure they stay safe. And and that's what both my wife and I have have done in in this short period of time. Again, doing the quarantine piece. My my wife and youngest son were in actually Costa Rica right before all this happening for uh, um, a competition. Uh, for a fight. And, you know, they returned and 14 day quarantine did not leave the house. But again, they, they are super active and they abided by the rules, you know, of what was going on. But you can just tell that they kind of weren't themselves a little bit, you know, they would be able to go outside in the backyard and maybe go for a run, but, you know, they, they weren't interacting with their friends outside of, you know, the electronic device, We just make sure that we were giving them opportunities to uh, have an outlet with us, Um, you know, being active with them outside, you know, in the backyard, doing things like that together. Um, Because we were concerned about where their uh, mental was, not being able to complete seasons, um, not being able to compete at all, you know, and train and all that and things that uh, they truly wanted to do. And I know every athlete is feeling that same way you know so as the parent um we felt for them uh, but we tried to work extremely hard to protect them one and then give them that outlet to be able to express how they were feeling but try to you know expend some energy as well
2: you know so many people who i've talked to uh, because i i've worked with so many different people They've gone through various stages with with this entire pandemic. And, of course, now the social unrest that's going on in our country brings out another level. But with the pandemic, there's been anger, there's been grief, there's been frustration. Um, I've listened to so many people talk about all these different factors that have affected them. And I think one of the most important things that, that I found for people to get through this pandemic is to talk and to discuss your feelings, discuss how, how you're, how you're handling this. If you're scared, if you're afraid, if you're doing okay, talk about it, let it out. I mean, how do you feel about that?
3: Yeah, I agree, you know, and I, I do the exact same thing, you know, that's why you and I are having this conversation because, you know, pu- putting these plans together, um, it's, it's tough, you know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that, that need to be considered and, and, we want to protect, you know, those individuals, those student-athletes under our care. You know, so that is just a stressful, you know, but from, you know, just think about all of the folks in our country that have lost jobs, that are being furloughed, that, you know, that, that's high stress as well. So having the ability, whether you're a student-athlete, whether you're the parent, you know, whether you're just on the call listening, I think everyone has to have that outlet and the ability to what's on their mind and someone that could carefully listen uh and 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 give them some some positive feedback i think is is the only thing that truly helps you know just being able to talk about it and think through your and speak through your thoughts uh, to make sure that they are quality thoughts and positive thoughts for sure
2: well this is the reason i wanted to have you on the show today murphy and especially in the with all the angst that's going on in our country right now hearing a a comfortable soothing voice like yours, somebody who understands that it's important. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
2: I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist, With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports.
0: If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio.
1: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.
6: Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do?
7: Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org.
6: What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards?
7: Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
2: Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. And, you know, I'm here every week talking with you about the mental side of sports. My guest is Murphy Grant today head athletic trainer at Wake Forest. He, he's been doing this for a long time. He understands things. And before we get back in our interview, I just wanna mention there's a local company here in Kansas City called United Assistance that have surgical masks available. And if you go to getgoodmasks.com and you put in the discount code radio, you can get some masks. They have boxes of 50 of them. With the discount code of radio, you can get them at a discount. So local companies support them. They sell them nationally. So, it's called getgoodmasks.com, and you put in the discount code radio to get some surgical masks. Everybody needs those now. You should all be wearing them out and about. So, something that you might think about and to help out a local company here. And so, Murphy, let's, let's get back to our conversation here. I want to I talk about the mental side of, of, of being an athlete for a second. You know, we're talking about coming back and being safe as far as getting back to competition. I always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind is one who will come out on top. And the mental side of sports, to me, involves several areas. It involves performance enhancement, stress management, coping skills with being an athlete as far as being able to play and perform under pressure, dealing with your self-confidence, dealing with your focus, dealing with mental preparation, things like that, having the right attitude. But then there's the other side which I've, quite frankly, talked about for years on this show, and most people told me I was full of it, it's ridiculous. Athletes are athletes, you don't need to worry about this. But it's the mental health aspect. And, you know, in the last few years now, the last three years, basically since Kevin Love came out and admitted he had a panic attack as an NBA player in a game, you're starting to see more and more athletes talk about mental health in sports. Most prominently is Michael Phelps talking about his depression and the, and the pressures and the, the alcohol problems that he's had. You know, he does ads now for uh, an app to talk about mental health. And I'm going to actually try and see if I can get him on as a guest on this show, because I think it would be a great topic to get into. You're seeing all kinds of professional athletes talking about this. Have we blown off mental health and athletes because they're athletes? and because they're strong physical people, is that why it hasn't been addressed before?
3: Um, you know, I think right now, not at all. You know, I, I believe that there are uh, more and more resources now from, um, you know, the mental health space and peace right now than, than they have before. You know, again, thinking about when I first started my uh, collegiate professional career, you know, and at a small school one day in my first division one school, there wasn't anything related and, and available for the student athlete from uh, a mental health piece. When was that? And you're t- talking 2000, you know, 20 years ago, uh, tw- 19 years ago uh, when I got my first division one position.
2: Right, and, and, and as you know, it. I start I started working in 1981 graduated in one of the first training programs in the country and came back here to the Kansas City area. Mm-hmm. And a, as you know, I was the university of Kansas first sports psychologist started with the track teams there in, in the December of 1981. Nobody had heard of sports psychology at that point. And, and so it's, it's, right. you know, people were, I interviewed at the Olympic training center driving home and I was told we don't need of interview PhD types running around here telling us what's wrong with our athletes. And nine months later, I got hired to work with a cycling team and that began. So, right. It, it, it was something people didn't do. In fact, I interviewed at one local college in Kansas City. The athletic director told me he didn't believe in hocus pocus and witchcraft.
3: And and now we see that is it is needed. And you know, and I believe that there still aren't enough resources for the student athlete. Um, you know, some institutions have done really, really well on you know bringing in a sports psychologist or two. But you know, that's two individuals and five hundred athletes plus <laughs> yeah that's, I mean, it's not enough uh, that 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 ratio is, isn't enough you know but um, it's it's available and uh, again more and more schools are moving in that direction because they see that there is certainly a need for it
2: but let me ask this question okay and I agree with you more and more schools are moving in that direction it seems like the majority of schools now have mental health counseling available for their athletes but with Budget cuts going on with the financial issues we've got because of the result of this pandemic. Are these maybe some of the first people that are going to lose their jobs or lose pay because they don't they're not seen as essential as much as, say, a strength coach or someone like that.
3: Um, you know, I, I would say say no there. You know, uh, again, knowing what is, is essential from the health and safety standpoint of again, student athletes again, this is probably more opinion on it. But you know, we're in a healthcare crisis uh, currently, you know, and, and with this pandemic, so the healthcare professionals I think are the ones that should be available and should be, uh, you know, sharing the input and being available for the student athlete uh, during this point in time. So, you know, the health and safety from a strength of conditioning and fitness and. You know, building that healthy, strong body. Yes, you know, but individuals that have to deal with the, the sickness, and the illness, and the fractures, and and the mental aspect uh, need to be available as well.
2: What is the most significant psychological issue you have seen recently with the athletes that that you come in contact with or or, or relate to at, at the collegiate level?
3: Well, you know, because some of it is just uh, just the unknown. You know, what's going to happen? You know, I mean. Uh, my senior year was taken or my last year of competition was taken even though I have another year or semester academically. uh, Will we ever have the ability to come back? Uh, The change in uh, the the schedule and and how their days were uh, set up, you know, so a lot of things like that is is what they're all talking about uh, and having conversations about. Uh, I think they are uh, getting a little cabin fever as well, you know, so uh, they're very social. Uh, they like to be outside. So some of them have been struggling with that a little bit. So, um, again, we've worked extremely hard to, to create a space for them to be able to have those conversations.
2: What do you say to them in your role? Because you're, you're one-on-one with these people and you have to, you know, trainers are, are, have to be a psychologist in a sense as well because you, you get to know these people inside and out, you know, and, and you will, when you've got them on the training table and you're working with them, they'll oftentimes open up about things that are going on. So what's the most common theme you you seem to find with a lot of the people you work with?
3: Uh, You know, myself and and my athletic trainers, you know, we just definitely try to reassure them that we're we're here for them, you know, that they know that they can text or call 24-7. I mean, our phones go off nonstop all throughout the night. But again, that we are uh, working extremely hard to bring them back, but not just bring them back, bring them back safely. Again, there's so much going on and so many changes on testing and hopefully a vaccine, but we just want them to feel safe. Uh, We we know them well, like I said, they they sit there and they open up to us all the time about many different things. Uh, We want to make sure we lend an ear, uh, but we want to make sure that we are taking care of who they are as an individual, uh, then as that student athlete, because they they, they need someone like that, especially the relationships and bonds that student athlete and those athletic trainers uh, develop; is they're they're quite special.
2: And what about coaches? What 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 are the things you're hearing from them that seem to be most concerning to them?
3: Well, you know, it's the same thing. You know, they they get into to coaching to uh, just do that. You know, coaching is is, is a not an easy uh, you know profession to do. I mean, you're developing young men and women. You know, you're recruiting them. You're spending time with them they develop just as strong of a relationship with the student-athlete as, you know, we were just talking about the athletic trainer. And, you know, they want to do their jobs, and they haven't been able to. You know, they haven't been able to go into the office and, you know, and do some recruiting. They've been able to get a little bit done. But the things that they want to do is is develop young young student-athletes, and they haven't been able to do that either. You know, so we have a lot of conversations with them about how they are doing (laughs) it. you know, uh, during this time as well.
2: well. Listen, this has been an extremely informative interview today. As always, my friend, I appreciate you taking the time to join me. If people want to get a hold of you, how can no they problem. reach you? They, they have a question for you.
3: Uh, you know, my my email, uh, for sure, uh, there's an easy way, and uh, and that is just grantm.wfu.edu. Uh, you know, I'll try to get back to you uh, as quickly as I can, but, you know, just right now, my email gets full every single day about just covid and returning student athletes and all that but you know if you have a question just feel free to reach out
2: murphy it's been great having you on with me this morning as always my friend you stay well take care give your family my best and you guys be safe well, appreciate you. appreciate right,
3: thank you so much
2: appreciate everything you've said today man. you take care of yourself right. i'm sports right, you Ly- well. take care. thank you i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs hope you enjoy the show our shows are podcasted here at sports radio 810 whb they're on my website winnersandlimited.com. you can listen to them on soundcloud You can get a hold of me several ways. Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. Call me at 816-561-5556. I am doing telehealth sessions. If you want to talk to me, talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Sports
0: Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com.
2: I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're
0: interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio.
6: The ad council. Hey dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do?
7: Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org.
6: What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards?
7: Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council.